On Friday, Misa Rodriguez, a player on Spain's national footy team, posted a cartoon on Twitter. It's got a little girl with her foot on a ball looking up at her grandmother, and she asks, Abuela, cuéntame cómo ganasteis el mundial. Grandma, tell me how we won the World Cup. No ganamos solo un mundial, pequeña. Ganamos mucho más. We didn't just win the World Cup, little one. We won a lot more. She captioned the cartoon with, Se acabó. It's over. Spain's women's team defied all the odds and won. And they're pretty sure they're about to win again. That's coming up on Today Explained. That guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield. So he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Halima Shaw passes to Hadi Mwakdi. Hadi passes to Noel King. She cuts. Oh my, it's today explained. Sean Ramosferum here with Gwendolyn. Oxenham. I'm a writer and producer, and I made the audio docu-series called Hustle Rule, The Untold Stories of Women's Soccer. And she used to play a little footy herself. I did, yeah. I played professionally for a hot minute in Brazil for Santos, and I played for Duke in college, and um, I write for Sports Illustrated and ESPN uh, freelancing. We reached out to her to talk about Spain's women's team because they pulled off something incredible and seemed to be on the cusp of another big win. It's worth keeping in mind that the men's side is just this fabled side where everyone has worshipped the Spanish style of play, but the women's side was always ignored. I mean, there there was very much the cultural mentality of, oh, you know, football is not for women, and it took decades to sort of undo that. And that entire time, the national team was fighting for a change. Like, hey, can we have some women's jerseys? And hey, what about a pro league? So it wasn't until 2021 that they got a full domestic pro league. Once they had that, the players suddenly realized what it meant to be treated like a professional. You know, the U.S. team has a nutritionist and a psychologist, and they play friendlies against good teams, while Spain's team, they didn't get to play friendlies against quality teams, and they didn't have the level of of resources. And um, there's just a long reputation of the Spanish Federation, like, not listening to what what the players are asking for. Last September... 
15 players protested the national team environment, the management style of the head coach. Um, and so they all signed an email and saying that until conditions within the national team improved, they did not wish to be called up. So other teams have done this, France, for example, um, and the French Federation responded and they got a new coach. Um, well, Spain's reaction was, fine, you don't want to play for the national team? Like, we don't want you. We'll go get a new team. And so they basically brought in a B team who then proceeded to win almost all of the, their games, including beating the U.S. And, you know, the Federation was basically like, we don't want anyone back unless you apologize. So only three of those original 15 players were a part of this new World Cup team. And so it's just crazy that many of the stars of Barcelona are not playing for the World Cup team. So you've got this new team that lined up most people, very different names, combined with the old players. Even though they were so talented and everyone could recognize they had this beautiful playing style, you can't win a World Cup when there's so much controversy and drama and fighting between the Federation and players who have to get to know each other. So, I mean, most people didn't give Spain a chance of winning, um, but then they got on the field and people sort of quickly reevaluated. Tell me about the journey to the trophy stage. How did this team do once they hit the pitch? They were just a sight to behold. Uh, you know, they played Zambia and Costa Rica first, and neither of which are known to be powerhouses, but Zambia had just beaten Germany, who is known as a powerhouse, and they beat them 5 nothing in just spectacular, beautiful goals. Making it look easy. Making it look easy. And then they played Japan, who was sort of the other team that all tournament people were talking about how beautifully they were playing. Um, and Japan sort of, you know, took them to school. It's Mina Tanaka running for Japan all by herself right now. Might not need the help! Up in the top corner! Incredible from Mina Tanaka! Incredible from Japan! But I think it was a really uniting moment where the Spain team came together and found a way to sort of rise out of that defeat and they felt more connected. You could just see that unity on the field and, and the joy. Like, I don't want to forget that element where Jenny Hermoso, after the semifinal, she said to one of the reporters, like, you know, th these are the moves I learned playing in my neighborhood, playing in my streets. Like, they gave me joy back then and they give me joy now and I hope we can bring others joy. And you could just feel the love. My eh, por las típicas comidas de familia, los domingos siempre había balones y yo desde muy pequeña siempre me recuerdo con él. Before the final, they went into the game and they said to each other, like, let's play like we're kids. It filled me with both awe and fear of like, oh my gosh, like how, how will we keep up with them? Spain waiting for the final whistle. It's there! They're going to the final! My 10-year-old son predicted them in his pool, and he might have been, like, the only only one. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was because he had watched Spain play the USA with me, and, you know, they could play beautifully, and the fact that they could rise out of all of that adversity, and I think any female player can tell you, you're, you just want to play the game, and you learn at how to shut everything else out, and I think the Spain team did that and cared about each other, and, and you could see that. Passage in Olga, Carbona, 
So, so tell me how the focus goes from this historic accomplishment by a team of women to being on this guy, Luis Rubiales, who is the president of the Royal Spanish Football Federation. You know, there's a lot of euphoria when when you win a World Cup. And uh, I think we just saw sort of the culture of the Federation at play. And seeing the, the demonstrations of affection took a lot of people aback. He grabbed his own crotch and started doing a sort of Michael Jackson-esque celebration yeah. when, uh, in front of the Queen of Spain and the Princess of Spain. The crowning moment was when he grabbed Jenny Hermosa's cheeks, pulled her to him and kissed her on the lips and then went on down the line and the cameras picked up this kiss and it caused a huge, huge sensation. So after the game, Jenny Hermosa and her teammates are in the locker room, they're celebrating, she's eating a brownie, someone shows her the moment and there's an Instagram live video and you see her face and you see her kind of reacting to it. Then she says, what was I supposed to do? And, you know, I didn't like it. And she's kind of incredulous. <laughs> and then she's interviewed later on the radio and um, she downplays it. She says, you know, it was the emotion of the moment. There's nothing more there because she doesn't want this to be what the conversation is about. Like, she wants to talk about the World Cup, how they just put on an absolute show. She doesn't want to talk about being kissed. But then, you know, the media storm just grows and grows and grows. They're making a fool of us around the world because of this. That a macho and mafia person is representing us. We won't tolerate it. And after mounting pressure, the Spanish Football Association called a general assembly where the president was expected to resign. Instead, he announced, Is that so serious that I have to leave while having done the best job for Spanish football? Do you really believe that I have to resign? Well, I'm going to tell you something. No voy a dimitir. I will not resign. No voy a dimitir. I will not resign. No voy a dimitir. I will not resign. And Rubiales says, oh, it was consensual, and she told me I could kiss her. The World Cup winning squad has issued a statement in which Jenny Hermoso insisted that the kiss was not consensual. I want to clarify that at no time did I consent to the kiss. I don't tolerate that my word is questioned. And the Federation has his back. They accuse Hermoso of lying, and they initially say, yeah, no, he's not going anywhere. You guys are being crazy. And she talks about, I am, you know, a victim of this impulse-driven, sexist, out-of-place act, and, you know, we do want changes. The players who signed the communique also said they will not represent their country until Mr. Rubiales is removed. Then, you know, the storm grows and grows, and now they are asking for his resignation, and he's still refusing. His mother <laughs> locked herself in a church on a hunger strike until, you know, this witch hunt is over. His cousin spoke outside the church. Of course he's suffering because he doesn't want his mom to be put in this position. But his mom knows what he's like. Those who know him know who he is. This type of media reaction is not normal. He's not a harasser. Uh, so there, there's been quite the series of events. Tonight, outrage growing inside Spain. We cannot express our joy as women without having some man interrupted and spoil it. This was the message from Spain's Deputy Prime Minister on Monday. 
Whoever applauds the violation of someone's rights, whoever applauds a presumed sexual aggression, a forced kiss, should not continue in their position. Prosecutors have opened a criminal investigation into whether it was sexual assault. FIFA suspended Rubiales for 90 days. It's just frustrating because in what should be being talked about was what an absolute show the Spanish team put on, and instead we're talking about males' bad behavior. However, maybe we're witnessing, like, okay, here's a very clear example of what the players were talking about and what, what more do we need, and now please can we make the changes we've been asking for. Gwendolyn Oxenham, she's got a podcast. It's called Hustle Rule. It features the stories of women defying the odds to kick balls from Brazil to Nigeria to New York City. When we're back on Today Explained, how this unwanted kiss might actually lead to another big win for feminism in Spain. Support for Today Explained comes from Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile is so cheap that Mint Mobile knows you think there must be a catch. Mint Mobile says, no, there is no catch. And for a limited time, their wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer and a new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just $15 a month, you can go to mintmobile.com explained. That's mintmobile.com explained. You could cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com explained. There's a $45 upfront payment that's required that's equivalent to $15 a month. This is for new customers on their first three-month plan only. Speeds are slower above 40 gigabytes on an unlimited plan, and additional taxes, fees, and restrictions do apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Support for Today Explained comes from Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile is so cheap that Mint Mobile knows you think there must be a catch. Mint Mobile says, no, there is no catch. And for a limited time, their wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer and a new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just $15 a month, you can go to mintmobile.com slash explained. That's mintmobile.com slash explained. You could cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash explained. There's a $45 upfront payment that's required that's equivalent to $15 a month. This is for new customers on their first three-month plan only. Speeds are slower above 40 gigabytes on an unlimited plan, and additional taxes, fees, and restrictions do apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The rain in Spain stays mainly in... Today Explained. My name is Lane Green, and I am the Madrid Bureau Chief for The Economist magazine. I think a sad truth of this situation with the Women's World Cup win is that more people have now probably heard about this kiss than who actually watched the match. What does this kiss and the uproar around it tell us about Spain right now? Well, the uproar around it, actually, I think is good news in a weird way because it really shows you how far Spain has come. I think... 
20, 30, 40 years ago, the average societal sexism, you know, unwanted uh, grabs and kisses and uh, compliments and street harassment were as common or more common in Spain than they are in any other Western country. I think that the uproar, the opposition to what happened, has been almost across the board politically, uh, in the media, and it really shows that a society has come a long, long way. Uh, 40, 50 years ago, Spain was a very conservative country. Today, it's a country where feminism is both pretty broad and pretty deep, and there's not really a lot of prominent voices reacting against the reaction. In other words, most people are on the side of Jenny Hermoso, who was kissed against her will, and not on the side of Luis Rubiales, the head of the football federation who kissed her. Tell me about the progression of feminism in Spain and how it compares to other Western European nations. Yeah, it's a very uneven progress. In 1975, uh, Francisco Franco died. Inside the Pardo Palace, eight miles from Madrid, Francisco Franco, head of state, head of the army, the man who's dominated Spain for 36 years, still fights for his life. And he led a, what he called a national Catholic dictatorship in which women needed permissions to do basic things, to travel, to open bank accounts, and to be, you know, fully independent citizens. It was very, very, very old-fashioned Catholic and conservative. As a result of that, while the rest of Western Europe was progressing in terms of women's uh, liberation and, and autonomy... Uh, it was like a court coming out of a bottle. And in the 1980s, I mean, there was this kind of explosion of sexual liberation and personal uh, freedoms. Um, it really uh, moved the needle a very, very long way in a very, very short time. So Spain went from being one of the most conservative countries in this regard uh, to very quickly being, I think, one of the most feminist in Europe. I think a lot of outsiders might think of Spain in sort of Southern European terms still today and compare it with Italy or maybe countries in, in North Africa almost. Whereas if you live in Spain, you see a, a deeply feminist country that is is more like Scandinavia in many respects than it is uh, like that Franco dictatorship that I was talking about. If you look at the government today, it's more than half uh, female. Spain's new socialist prime minister has described his picks for cabinet. His choices are all pro-European Union and the women outnumber the men. There are 13 ministers, I believe, of 24 who are women, but not only that, but they're all the powerful ministries, the Ministry of Economy, of uh, Finance, of Defense, of Industry, of Labor, what you might think of as traditionally kind of macho jobs in the past, I think, when people wanted to have more women in government, they traditionally gave them jobs like culture and education. And now we're really seeing all of the top jobs, except the very top job, the prime ministers, being held by women. Spain has never had a woman prime minister, but it, its first three deputy prime ministers are all women. You see it socially. The, the 8th of March is International Women's Day, and you get these massive celebrations and protests in the street, uh, big, big marches. We are protesting for equality, for the rights of women, to show we are not inferior. We want to work, live in peace, to have the same rights as any man, because we are people. And they're still quite militant, you know. Um, they're not just celebrations of sisterhood and solidarity, but very much demanding, you know, the, the onward march of progress in terms of equal pay and terms of prosecutions of rapes and so forth. And so it's a very, very outwardly feminist society. And, you know, one of the few areas where it's not is, is this business of the high levels of sport and the way a lot of companies are run as well, because sport is, of course, also a business. It's funny, yeah, because 
You did allude earlier to the fact that this is sort of counterintuitive, that this moment of overt sexism that we saw on this global stage could actually be a good thing for feminism in Spain. But how does this progressive country with higher marks on feminism than some of its peers also ignore the claims of its players in the lead up to this World Cup? Well, in the lead up to the World Cup, there were a couple of issues, one of which is equal pay. And that's one that sadly has really uh, been uh, seen in lots of countries. The, the U.S. women's national team, of course, is very out and, and, and public about their demands for equal pay. A gender pay gap has been at the crux of a long running legal dispute between U.S. soccer and its players. Those demands now met with an historic agreement. And that has um, has been seen elsewhere. Uh, there were also some complaints from the women's team in Spain about their coach. But by and large, Spanish women's sport is is very eagerly followed there. They broke the attendance record for the biggest crowd at a women's sporting event in in, in anywhere for any event for a semifinal for the European uh, Champions League uh, in a game where the Barcelona women's team played uh, Wolfsburg from Germany in a semifinal and packed in 91,000 people into Barcelona Stadium. But of course, this Man at the center of this story, unfortunately, Luis Rubiales, he has been fighting this tooth and nail. Is anyone in Spanish society defending him? I mean, naturally, there are going to be some. There's not 100% of Spanish society on anything. Uh, Spain has its sort of culture wars that are in some ways sadly reminiscent of of America's over over gender, over um, various other things, some specific to Spain and some, uh, you know, quite international. Protesters gathered outside Spain's justice ministry in Madrid on Wednesday, enraged by the controversial ruling that cleared five men of gang raping an 18-year-old woman. I'd say that the unanimity of the criticism is really the striking thing and the, the rarity of the voices that are speaking out in Rubiales's favor are, are what really strikes me. I mean, I did see a clip of a, a TV presenter saying, you know, oh, so, so what are men supposed to do today if I see a woman struggling to get her suitcase uh, up on the, you know, the rack in a train, am I allowed to help her now? Well, the answer from, from many commentators on Twitter is, oh, yes, of course, you say, do you need help. And if she says yes, then you help her. And if she says no, then you don't. It's that simple. Um, and also you don't kiss uh, your employees against their will. Um, <laughs> so there are still some dinosaurs who are acting as though this is uh, some incredibly new, complicated, difficult situation. But there are just as many, and, and, and quite a few of them, even men, uh, coming right out and saying, look, guys, this is not that complicated. Do be a good person. Help women. Do not kiss them against their will. If you're not sure, ask them. And of course, Rubiales himself has said that the kiss was consensual and that he sort of said, uh, would you like a kiss, you know, un pico, you know, would you like a peck? And she said, vale, it was, you know, okay. So uh, he's saying that she agreed to it beforehand. I, I I don't know that that story will hold up, but there will be, as with the case of after a call, um, <laughs> refereeing decisions, we'll, we'll see a lot of video of this and hear more about it. He also grabbed his crotch in front of the queen and the princess of Spain, though. Yes, he did. And he did sort of apologize for that. What's really condemned him is two things. First, that he did it was was one thing. It's bad enough. But uh, he's second come out and lied about it. I think a lot of people feel like he said that her story was false and his is true. And he's calling one of the one of their champions, now a national Spanish champion, a liar. And and that, that looks really bad. And then he's also grabbed the attention by going out and giving this defiant speech um, a few days ago. He really grabbed the spotlight for himself. And so we're all talking about him and not and not this great triumph by the Spanish women. And let's talk about the second triumph of the Spanish women to get 
so much of the country behind them in this moment, to get so much of the world behind them in this moment. What does that mean for this team and for this country? I think it means a kind of no going back. This moment can really be compared to the Me Too moment in the U.S. five, six years ago with Harvey Weinstein. And, and of course, Me Too had really international effects, too. It was discussed and it was it had its effects in France and Spain and European countries, too. But I think the reckoning was probably not as, as deep and as thoroughgoing. And um, now you're seeing a Spanish hashtag, se acabó, which means it's over, going around. And, and Spanish commentators are calling it Spain's Me Too. We'll remember this moment 20 years from now in Spain as as we remember Me Too and, and Harvey Weinstein, as we remember the murder of George Floyd. I think it's going to be one of those things that kind of marks a turning point. I think that this really puts Spanish sporting women on the kind of equal playing field that they've had, I think, in some areas like politics that I mentioned before, but have not had in, in other areas. You know, the progress of Spanish feminism has been really spectacular, but also uneven. And I think that winning the championship and, and being the best in the world and then also facing this, you know, it's kind of a double, it is a double win. It is, it is a way of saying we, we, beat, we beat England, we beat everybody that came before them, but it finally put her foot down and said no. And I think that moment is a victory, and I think it will be remembered by people who are not top-class uh, athletes because it, it, it goes to everyday workplaces. It goes to how your bosses treat you, not just on the football pitch, but also just uh, at any workplace. Lane Green, Madrid Bureau Chief for The Economist, economist.com. The program today was produced by Halima Shah with help from John Ahrens. We were edited by Miranda Kennedy, fact-checked by Laura Bullard, and mixed by David Herman. Thanks to Alana Casanova-Burgess and Daniela Larcon. This is Today Explained. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.